0: Look out something is going to
1: get you tonight. Let's talk about the thing that's going to get you tonight.
2: Welcome to the Happy Harvest Horror Show. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian and I'm joined by the... Hosts of the Roll Calling podcast. Welcome, Ned and Caroline. How are you?
0: We are great. Well, I just answered for Ned. I have no idea how Ned's doing. I'm great. <laughs> Caroline,
2: you intuited correctly. I am also great. It's a lovely September morning. I've got my cup of coffee and I'm so excited to be here in the spooky space.
1: Spooky space for the spooky season. Perfect place to be because this is the Happy Harvest Horror Show where we get together and talk about all our favorite spooky things during the spooky season that we're now in. First, I have to ask, because there seems to be some confusion of when the spooky season starts. Do you guys consider right now, beginning of September, the spooky season? Definitely. September 1. Okay. September 1 is when fall begins,
2: as we all know. I know I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure there is an actual date when it begins meteorologically solstice when's that
0: isn't that the 21st of September Mm, that could be wrong
2: (laughs) outside my window some some trees are already starting to turn so 22nd I think so
0: I I agree that fall starts in September personally I would probably mark the spooky season at the start of October
2: at the start of October that's high spooky season that's that's so we're in medium spooky season. Yeah. Now. So like, when yes. does the
1: upswing you know start? When is like uh, so October first? I think we everyone can agree. Like, all right, they give in. You can put your Time spiders up. Go. You know. Yes. But, um,
2: I think when kids go back to school, it's spooky territory. It's, it's, spooky. <laughs> it's spooky for them. Yeah. Well, it definitely is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> After Labor Day, where uh, uh, the gloves are off, we can.
2: Yeah, I think so. Ghosts uh, down. Yeah, I mean, frankly, with like Christmas creep. Which we all know is very aggressive <laughs> yeah. and essentially starts after Halloween. I want the same thing for Halloween. I, I Rather than I me agree. fighting Christmas creep, I'd rather just, you know, say, okay, so spooky season starts. So for me, it's begun.
0: I've recently learned that Disney World starts putting out Halloween decorations in like August. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, if August. we're counting them as, as our official marker, they have officially declared it spooky season.
2: They
1: do have the power to just say what they want to be true. Oh yeah. Disney is the law of the land. If they say it's Halloween time, it is. Um I mean I'm on record on this show in July going, All right, happy spooky season, everybody. You know, so <laughs> wow. That's where I <laughs> it's a three sixty five experience. So really, you, you've marked, marked out a, over here.
2: a third of the year as being spooky season.
1: And I I think that is not enough, but that is what I've allotted, <laughs> you know.
2: Well, it's pretty clear that you and Corey
1: live in a In a 365-day spooky season. And we love it. We love having spooky weeks, week after week. But I want to hear about your spooky week, friends of the podpads. Let's let's start with you, Ned. How spooky was your week? My
2: week was medium spooky. I had a long road trip this week, and we listened to the Tannis podcast. Have either of you ever heard of this?
1: No. Tannis.
2: Have you heard of the Black Tapes podcast? Yes. Nope. Spooky one, right? Mm, Very spooky. Mm -hmm. This is, I'd say, a cousin to that. It's a little bit less explicitly spooky than the Black Tapes podcast. But it's from the same studio that... I'm trying to decide how to engage with this. I was tempted to sort of maintain the fiction because it is a show that I believe is fictional. But at no place does the show ever officially confirm this. Mm -hmm. They just sort of say, we are an investigative podcasting team. We are trying to figure out some, we're working on a sort of a mystery and, and then it's got, you know, demons and wizards and, uh, you know, ancient, ancient, mysterious. T- it's hard to even describe what the premise of Tanis is, but it is a guy investigating a mystery and that mystery has some spookiness to it. Um, okay. And it's very, so it's very like, Uh, it's just sort of presented as like you're listening to cereal, except someone is, you know, trying to figure out what is the deal with this place in the woods that makes people go crazy. That sounds really fun. Tannis.
1: How do you spell that? T-A-N-I-S. Tannis. I'm going to look that up. I'm also yes. curious if at any point the investigative podcast team stops by the Laurie Strode compound, you know, and uh, that's, that's the first thing that I thought when you said investigative <laughs> podcast. Okay. Yeah, no, hello, uh, we'd, we'd like to, uh, we'd like to
2: talk to you about Michael Myers. Um, yeah, we,
0: uh, you made it sound like they were Mormon.
2: Hello, <laughs> like Have to you, talk to you, have you heard here. the good word? <laughs> have you accepted our Lord
1: and Savior Michael Myers into your serial killing heart? Oh my god! If anyone doesn't know or hasn't I've missed it, I was actually on the uh, roll calling episode. These two find podcasters invited me on, and we talked about Halloween 2018. So if that sounds fun, go check out their podcast as well, and we'll plug your podcast fully at the end too. But yeah, just it was with... a
2: very fun episode. This is so this I I feel like this is kind of part two of our two part crossover event,
1: <laughs> the event of the year.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. We've <laughs> got... Different
0: levels of spookiness in terms of the films in question, though. <laughs>
1: Certainly, certainly. But if you're film buffs, uh, like we all are, check it out. It's a very fun podcast. Uh, Caroline, how spooky was your week? You know, I wish my week had been spookier.
0: I knew this question was coming, and I was secretly sort of hoping something really spooky would happen. Not much did. My One of my friends sent me a cedar candle, which felt like a nice, nice little marking of the fall season. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if we're, if we're extending the week lightly, as you mentioned, we did sort of kick off. Last weekend, recording that Halloween 2018 podcast. You know, we edited, we released it. I had to, I had to look up some photos of Michael Myers. You know, whatever level of spookiness googling Michael That's Myers entails. Yeah. So you had an that extremely, was sort of the level I was at.
2: You had an extremely spooky two weeks because you watched lots of Halloween movies. You last did, week. right? You went.
0: It is true. Yes. If we're if we're expanding to the previous, I spent the previous week alternating watching Halloween movies for our podcast and then watching adaptations of cinderella in relation to a romantic comedy (laughs) column i I write which really made for a very up and down viewing experience a real roller coaster (laughs) of of emotions i
1: love it oh my gosh that's great yeah uh my spooky week i preparation for this obviously and then i watched malignant On Friday, New James Wan. New James Wan. Okay, Um, it is getting split reviews of people that are on the board or people that are really not. Um, (laughs) And and I, Brian Muldoon, I very much was on board. It's very, very like leaning into the cheesy, campy, sort of like out of control, bonkers stories of like like 90s horror, like the Dark Castle movies of like the House of Wax remake and like Ghost Ship. And like if you have like a fondness oh. for those that era of like nutso horror, this movie was made for that. And I for a lot of people I'm seeing online, it didn't work. It was <laughs> it was just like a this is like bad, but I don't know. My uh, recommendation is just like lean into how ridiculous and goofy it is. And it's a lot of fun.
2: Those two movies you mentioned, House of Wax and Ghost Ship, I'm I'm therefore assuming sort of high
1: gore. Is that true? It did there is high gore in this. This yeah. is like which is amazing because James Wan you know, made like one point one five billion dollars with Aquaman. And right. this is his follow up. And it's yeah. like even better than like, yeah, no, I'm gonna do a huge budget, nutso, uh high concept, almost giallo <laughs> like horror wow. meets dark cat like it's just like a in a blender of a lot of different things and yeah. um yeah it's cool so
2: I, I mean your episode on the conjuring universe kind of made me process for the first time that i hadn't really thought about the fact that the conjuring movies james wan's kind of like major horror contribution up to now are kind of like low gore low body count and they that so. they're
0: wholesome
1: in a way they're all wholesome they are i mean they're you've
2: the got Warrens. So yeah you've What's the song? What's the song that Patrick Wilson sings? The iconic conjuring moment for me.
1: Uh, I can't help falling in love with you. Yeah, that's
2: right. Can't help falling in love with you. So sweet.
1: Isn't it? And then nothing, there's no like shoe drop. It's just, that's the scene. Yeah.
0: (laughs) James Wan did tweet out a picture from the set of Aquaman 2 with Patrick Wilson in like, it's he's still playing orm but it's more like triton hobo
1: he does got look. a big beard i didn't recognize big that beard. it was patrick wilson at first no no but i love how much james wan loves patrick wilson as we all should. <laughs> as we all should patrick wilson's directing uh insidious 4
0: he's, oh cool so
1: he's uh he's taking over the reins with that which wow. is wow I also like that James Wan. He's like, is a you know, even though there's maybe we can all debate varying levels of quality in the, the universe. That like, he's like, yeah, well, I'm going to give this movie to this and this this franchise to this person and like anyone go it's for like it. It's
0: like a whole horror empire Step at this point. Very
1: much, yeah. The uh, the the Conjuring cinematic universe, <laughs> um, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's a pretty spooky week. That was good good stuff. Mm-hmm. Happy Harvest Horror Show approved. Yes. Before we get into our, I think very important topic. I want to (laughs) first take a second to thank our supporters. We've got a great group, Coven of Supporters, and you can join these fine people by going to anchor.fm slash HHHS slash support. Just like Jenny, Julia, Alicia, Kelsey, Connor, Erica, Jody, Wendy, Morgan, Sarah, Michelle, Mackie, Jennifer, Aaron, and Holly did. Uh, The gliss keeps growing. And so and at one point, it feels like I might have to stop reading, because it might get bigger. And I hope that becomes a problem that I have to You just to have to read faster, I think. You have to be like a speed reader at that point. Yeah. I think so, too. I think you're right, because uh, I really appreciate all the support. Thank you all, everybody. And if you didn't know, also becoming a supporter gets you access to our Happy Harvest Horror Show book club. Uh, so if you'd like to get in, you can join at any level, even 99 cents, that gets you access. Just uh, join and send us an email at show at gmail.com and say, get me in there. I want to read spooky books. So... It's really a bargain if you think about it. You join the book club in twelve books, twelve months, whole year of spooky books. Anyway, I think that's great. <laughs> so it sounds again, awesome to me. I think yeah. I think it's. I've been awesome. listening, and thinking, oh, I kind of want to get in on that.
2: But I oh, need to. I need yeah. to read. Everyone's more f- welcome. Yeah, I need to read faster than I currently do.
1: If I'm going to be doing a book in a month. I try to keep the books not too long, you know, oh, like know. right around that three three fifty page count. Like not really going ever over that. Cool, very well, on cool. A month, but again, if you'd like to join us, Happy Harvest Tour Show Anchor.fm slash H H H S slash Support. But now we're gonna get into a very important Happy Harvest Tour Show podcast that was inevitable from the beginning. We were always going to talk about this at some point. So I'm glad you two are here. Mm. We're gonna be talking about hocus pocus, and we're gonna do so right after the break mm mm-hmm. we are back and we are talking today with the roll calling co-hosts welcome guys we're talking hocus pocus it's just a bunch of hocus pocus it's just a hunkus pocus okay so let's let's start off with uh history like what's uh what is our history with did you guys watch this growing up did you find it later what's uh what's all our timeline with hocus pocus
0: I think that I had the the classic millennial hocus pocus experience, which was that I sw- would watch it every year, you know, when it was airing on ABC Family, I think, as part of their little Halloween, 13 Days of Halloween or whatever. Mm-hmm. So definitely a movie I've seen a million times. My- I was texting my little sister about this. She made me promise that I would say on this podcast that growing up, every time we would go to Family Video, she would want to rent Hocus Pocus, and I would say, "No, it's not Halloween. We can't rent it yet." <laughs> a memory that I have fully forgotten, but apparently was formative really to stuck. her. So, Katie, that one's for you. I'm sorry that
1: I wouldn't let you rent Hocus Pocus <laughs> more often. I hope Katie owns it at this point. You know that that yeah. She I mean, I guess now to... that
0: it's on Disney Plus, it's like we all own it. We all
1: <laughs> she a Disney you know?
2: subscriber? True. Yeah, that's how I watched it for sure um i mean this time i i had a very similar thing as i'm sure we probably all did i I, i've seen this movie so many times i have no recollection of when the first time was or what that experience was like you know Mm -hmm. it it just seemed to always be on in the uh in the aforementioned spooky
1: season and i yeah yeah. i have the same uh with ned that i just feel like it was always on tv because it was abc family like played it every year. Which going into this really got me thinking like of the similarities between this and a Christmas story. Uh another film that I mean I guess you could pick apart a num- any number of ways but they both just on TV they're every hour on the hour during the season. So it doesn't matter if you like it or not. It's a classic <laughs> you know, in your household. Everyone knows it, you know. It clearly
2: plays. You know, it's it's a it's an all audiences fully Halloween movie, which there are not that many of. No, no. You know, no. truly, like, down to, I'd say, I actually don't know what age kids start watching things, seven-year-olds could watch this movie?
1: Maybe not.
0: Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Oh, you I think probably so. watch this yeah. younger. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's anything bad in the movie. I mean, there's, you know, insinuations of they, they get hung at the beginning of the movie. That's mm-hmm. bad.
0: There is a cat that gets run over. I mean, it does come back to life, but it is kind of an upsetting image. <laughs> there's some
1: hand trauma with a, a manhole, yes. you know. That's right. But this is gateway horror. You know, this is yes, there for has sure. to be there always has to be gateway to the like the goosebumps, the hocus pocus that get you into the good stuff.
2: I think kid horror is so awesome and important and just such a brilliantly fine line to walk. I guess mm-hmm. you could argue that all horror movies have to walk a line anyway because they say like, you know, it's like if we make this unbearably scary, or just unbearably gory. I mean, actually making something true scary is a really fine line because you have to just know when to lean on and ease off of the throttle. Like it's not like put a jump scare in every 30 seconds or else that becomes sure. really predictable. It's this sort of jazz. But I think that you especially have a challenge when you are trying to walk that line for very young audiences. Mm -hmm. And achieve that sort of flying monkeys delicious thrill of Mm. terror for kids. I remember, you know, in my theater for young audiences class in in college discussing a lot, like how to make, how to thread that needle of horror for kids, because it is fun to be scared up to a point, but not past a point. And then your audience is like completely checked out and will demand to be taken out of the theater or have the movie turned off. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think sure. this movie does a good job of that. And I think that whole genre is very fun for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. And this movie went through that, too, uh, doing some research just in like the basic Wikipedia page, learned that there were various rewrites in the before this even got to production, trying to make it more comedic, that it started a little scarier, but then they mm. added more. And by the time Bette Midler was in, this production was full <laughs> speed ahead.
0: I said uh, full camp. Full, we're getting Bette in. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Which I think works. I mean, I I rewatched it last night. The, the highlight, of course, is the Sanderson Sisters. And I kind of forgot mm-hmm. like how pivot, they they are the movie. you know, I always for sure. When I kind of think back, I had a misremembering of like they were the supporting cast, you know, and the kids. I think they're largely the main characters of this movie that we really follow their journey and these kind of brats that kind of ruin their <laughs> their, uh, their
2: rise to power. The description I- <laughs> on Disney Plus is conjured up by some unsuspecting pranksters. A tricky trio of 300-year-old witches (laughs) set out to cast a spell on the town and reclaim their youth. But first, they must get their act together and outwit three kids and a talking cat. Which really frames this as a movie, ultimately, I guess, a tragedy, about three three sisters (laughs) who are just trying to reclaim their youth, but the sort of villains of this movie, they have to outwit three kids and a talking cat, do End up winning, so yeah, I mean, it is a really strange
1: movie in that the Sanderson sisters they 're the bad guys, right, but I mean, yeah, but they 're so endearing and likable, like you can 't help but to, like lean if you 're a Halloween movie, follow them in the three Sanderson sisters that are bet Midler. You know, Sarah Jessica Parker, who plays Mary, Happy Jimmy, exactly. Oh, uh,
0: who, I my thought, favorite of the ex- Sanderson sisters. I, I have to
1: agree. I think Mary, uh, upon this rewatch, I forgot how hysterical she is, and all She's her so funny, just encouragements and moral support to Bette Midler. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> God, it's so funny.
0: I think the fact that the you're rooting for the witches, that's what kind of makes it not so scary. Mm-hmm. It's maybe the same thing that all the Disney animated films in the 90s did, where you were sort of rooting a little bit for the villain. You enjoyed watching the villain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you like Ursula. You like Scar. They get the memorable songs. Right. The Sanderson sisters get the memorable songs. And... You're sort of like, yeah, well, if they end up taking out these three really annoying kids, like whatever, that's fine. I won't be too upset <laughs> yeah. about
2: that. Which is not to say that they don't also have scenes where they function as scary villains, particularly anytime they're on their brooms, like, like, t- like flying around and terrorizing the kids. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's, a, it's a scary image, particularly if you're a young kid who is at all inclined to find, you know, witch mythology scary. They they they've got some real bad guy stuff which oh, sort of seals sure. seals their position I think.
0: See, I feel I feel like the 90s, the propaganda of the 90s, the good pop culture propaganda of the 90s really made me pro witch. It was a real mm-hmm. pro witch period. You mm-hmm. had like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Kiki's Delivery Service, Practical Magic. Yes. Even like The Craft, the craft which I yeah. guess is maybe not fully <laughs> celebrating witches it gets darker but i feel like i grew up in an environment where it was like we like witches Mm -hmm. witches are not scary we're into them and so i think of hocus pocus really not scary at all it's just like fun witch comedy
1: i agree with that and i mean the whole thing is filmed in salem massachusetts too so uh which adds to the whole halloween perfect Mm -hmm. vibe to it i mean down to just like in some of the scenes i notice they would just have you know shadows of barren trees that would be on the set i mean like just little production details like that like i'm transported to a singular place and it's consistent throughout the whole movie i don't think i'm on a set but um i agree that uh that this is a very pro-rich witch movie and I that we root for them even when they go mm-hmm. like full you know emperor palpatine with the, uh, the electricity yeah. and, like, <laughs> hello uh, <laughs> goodbye
2: <laughs>
1: uh it's it's fun it's it's you know the the yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan
0: like that. if there's this, well, there is going to be a sequel to this movie, but, it, yes. you know, in a sequel to this movie, you would never be like, oh, let's follow the three kids on a different Halloween adventure. No. That not. would no, never you, be the pitch. Right. The pitch would have to be the Sanderson sisters come back. We're sort of, sort of rooting for them again to achieve their huh. dreams of youth and eating children. Right. It's just,
2: yeah, it's so unique that like, as you say, we're rooting for them. But yeah, their plan is to
1: basically massacre all the kids of Salem. Yeah. And they, they could have done it. That's the thing I kind of noticed on this rewatch is that they really should have cut their losses on these three w- <laughs> yeah. much earlier. You know, that like they, at one point, they've got all, every single adult out of the picture dancing in city hall. They've got every kid coming to their little cottage. Like they've won. They just got it, but it's just these three. They're like, mm. That I had, tragedy. <laughs> I had forgotten that at the very end, there is a sort of a
2: tragic hubris moment for Winifred where they've got the potion that is going to help them suck the life of all the kids who are zombies sleepwalking their way over to the house at this moment. There's a, a sort of a physical confrontation where Max knocks over the big potion cauldron. Right. Almost all of it goes out. They have just enough and Sarah and Mary are both sort of saying, we could just pick any one of the kids outside, get our exactly. youth back, live past the sunrise, and then just make more potion tomorrow. And yeah, as you say, they basically have the whole thing tied up. But instead, Winifred has the, she has a a, a villain downfall where she wants to go specifically steal Thora Birch's life. And uh, that's the only thing that, that's the only flaw in the plan. Other than that, they would have had it.
1: Yeah, it's Shakespearean really. All yeah. of I love Winifred, <laughs> you know. You said it, man. <laughs> uh, how should we approach? I mean, do you guys want to go through the movie and like what was it like rewatching it? I mean, the things that you learned this rewatch, things you kind of remember thinking. Sure. Totally. Um, so I guess if anyone hasn't seen it, which if you haven't, it's free on Disney Plus. Also, what? How? How did you miss <laughs> it?
0: <laughs> I wonder if <laughs> If like, do kids still watch this? I guess if your parents maybe grew up watching it, they would be inclined to show it to you.
2: But I wonder if like Gen X parents Mm -hmm. who probably didn't watch it, or maybe they did. I don't know. But people who are like 10 years older than us might conceivably have missed it. I wonder if they are popping it on. I mean, I get the sense, frankly, my Gen X cousins who have two little kids who I interviewed on our podcast for our Mary Poppins episode, um, I was like, how fast did y'all get Disney Plus? And they were like, instantly. If you're a parent. So I think (laughs) probably kids actually are watching it because I get the impression that, particularly like, you know, overworked parents are often just like, okay, what's on Disney Plus that I could just pop on for the kids? So
0: and i guess around halloween time similar to how abc family used to do it this would just be the lure
1: they're going to put the it up lure at the lure of front. hocus pocus yeah, and disney disney plus is pushing it too it wasn't hard to find on on the this and yeah. nightmare before christmas they're like this is what we got this is this is our halloween selection <laughs> please watch, <laughs> watch these, these two for the next things. 3 months yeah. <laughs>
2: they definitely when you get to the end of the credits on hocus pocus they say would you like to watch nightmare before christmas <laughs> exactly this
1: is our other offering for you today which I, I I remember on Disney Channel growing up, there were a number of them. You know, that we had Halloween Town, we had Under Wraps, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. we had
0: Halloween Town, Phantom of the
1: Megaplex. Like there was a bunch of
0: Phantom of
1: the Megaplex.
0: I don't look under yeah, the
1: bed, well, anybody. Was, don't anybody? Look under the bed, yeah. We that was a, my we, fave.
0: Twitches, I think, was a little Twitches. after our generation, but that was around.
1: Yeah. So we. I mean. We had an episode, I think, last year on Happy Harvest about '90s gateway horror, and mm-hmm. there was just this, this just leans right into it about like yeah. we were. How could we not grow up spooky? You know, this is <laughs> what we were fed. You know, um, so I, I I hope that ch- kids these days like and embrace Hocus Pocus. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a of a, a different time. Okay,
0: I also completely derailed your attempt to talk through the plot of Hocus <laughs> Pocus, but I just needed to know if the children are still are still seduced by the sanderson sisters spell i need
1: you to if any listeners out there have kids and i know they are there are there are mothers out there and fathers uh let us know are you showing them hocus pocus are you uh are you hiding hocus pocus from them like caroline did why the, once <laughs> of the year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so going through the movie right away i i i learned one uh, are, are relearned. The sisters are this whole movie, and two really not amused by Max in this re- <laughs> rewatch. Oh my god!
0: I feel very strongly that Max is one of the worst protagonists <laughs> ever
1: written. Oh I wow! Was really, like did
0: they did they set out to write the least likable protagonist? Especially when okay, so growing up, I definitely feel like Thackeray Banks, like the the Thackeray Banks we see at the beginning in like Old Salem times, was definitely like an early crush. Mm-hmm. Sure. He's cute, so, so like weirdly almost British. I'm not quite sure what's going on. There. Accent
2: a little bit questionable, but we'll just really say, nice to yeah. his little sister.
0: Mm-hmm. Like very selfless, gets turned into a cat. That's cool. Big flowy shirt, big flowy shirt, big flowy shirt. long hair, wet. Like yeah, great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and then you have Max, who's like a little punk who doesn't like Halloween. He's very self-conscious, but also weirdly overconfident. Like, he just kind of randomly gives one of his classmates his phone number in the middle of class. In the middle of
1: class, too. Yeah. Then
0: is so, like, rude to his little sister constantly. And I'm like, what is there to like about this man? There's nothing for me to invest in. I love Danny though. Danny, Danny, versus Danny, been, Danny yeah. is like, she's like my entry point, And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, Danny, you must escape Max's clutches. <laughs> he is not a good big brother to you.
1: Uh, I did love at that moment when he gives the, the, um, the phone number to Allison at the mm-hmm. moment right before because he's like, ah, psh, Halloween is made by the candy company, and then she's like, and then she defends the honor of Halloween, and the whole class cheers. <laughs> That's right. It's like hell yes. It's like You're guess what, people. dude? In this town, we
2: all love Halloween. It's our whole culture. Yeah,
1: got yeah. That their moment. idea
0: of Salem is fascinating. They're like Salem. The people they burned were real witches, so it was totally cool that they did that. And also, now Salem is just a wonderful, like, happy Halloween town. Just
1: such a wonderful... Have you ever been to Salem? No. No. It is such a kitschy, fun place. I love it so is much. It? it is so they're cool. They're the type
0: that would actually have a little gift shop for the the Sanderson sister They probably do. House. I mean,
1: they've got witch stores galore. It is. I mean, it is yeah. witch, like, they're reclaiming, you know, Salem, as this mm-hmm. is a wicked um, witch... You're very pro town cool. it's very progressive the the satanic temple is is located there the like Ooh. yeah there's wow, like that
0: sounds really cool it's really cool and
1: they have all these like you know museums of the trials that that like it's famous for these witch trials and you can it's you're gonna be hard pressed finding anywhere that's like denying it happened. Everyone's very much mm-hmm. like this exactly happened and we're making sure everyone remembers it. So anyway, Salem's total spooky mecca, place. huh? Definitely feels like it. Anyway, I didn't want to derail it for Salem, but just want to give props to Salem. Salem's <laughs> rad.
2: But yeah, Salem comes across, I'd say, really well in this movie. As as you say, shooting on a location, it's all beautiful. Even just those scenes where Max is biking around and meets Jay and Ice and Ice. Just like the beautiful like leaves around there. It just, it looks great. I I don't want to move on yet from the prologue because I think the prologue is rad. Um, it starts with these credits that I think are kind of a Beetlejuice ripoff, but also really also a really effective kid horror opening. Just Mm -hmm. like the idea of flying over this sort of marshland up to this sort of historical Puritan town and you can see the shadow of what seems to be a witchy figure mm-hmm. just doing it. It's, it's, I mean, it is kind of like Halloween. It's like this starting with this like long shot from the killers from, from the monster's perspective. And you're like, where sure. am I? And what am I up to? Um, and then that first shot when it cuts to Thackeray Banks lying in bed and you just get this tiny little jump spook. I wouldn't even call it a jump scare, but like, this, like, figure of a witch, like, zips across back in the window. And you're like, ooh, this is, uh, they're totally vulnerable to witches in this, in this, uh, <laughs> Puritan yeah. time. I mean, it has shades of the appeal of, uh, of the Vavitch. Um, mm. the v-vitch. <laughs> Yeah. A movie I really enjoyed, uh, the sort of, like, Puritan witch horror
1: no, I think, I mean, that was all built there for that movie, too. I think that little that yeah. little settlement, and that's still there. You can go visit it, like, mm. in Salem, too. A lot of these buildings you can go to um, that are still there. But, wow. I, yeah, I love the opening. Time and place feels right in pretty authentic. And for, you know, this is what I also love about, like, 90s gateway horror. Like, they're not afraid to, like, yeah, we're just going to, like, hang three witches, you know, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. You know, like, we're going to go for it. <laughs> and even though it's a kid's family movie. It, it, it's it's weird how it, it's all about how it's presented, right? That like even though we just watched three witches being hung, it was some sort of like tongue and cheek wink to it, you know? That like yeah. don't worry, we're good, you know?
0: It's fine. I think it's because their performances are so fun. Like it, it, they're basically just doing like a vaudeville act, the three witches. Mm-hmm. So and it really vaudeville. does make you feel very safe and protected, and like okay, even if bad things happen, it's you know. It's within the fun of a theatrical space, yeah. and
1: they're not alone with it. So I'm so had you, you brought up vaudeville act because all I could think of watching Jay and Ice in this movie mm. was forgetting that they're just like they're like a couple of uh, vaudevillian actors. Just, all their bullying yeah. is done through bits, and it's yes. Yeah, so, like I wish that my bullies were this theatrical <laughs> instead of mean. Oh. You know, like yes. Oh yeah, just doing
2: all like impressions and mini skits.
1: It's exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what are you supposed to be? Oh, he's a t-ball player. And he's oh! Like, oh, and they go back and they like <laughs> I know. mine out t What did they add to this movie? Do you not feel like they,
0: that was a little
2: no? Maybe don't a little bit of padding. No, Carol. I know you can't take out Jay and Ice. <laughs> they're so they're, they're fun.
1: integral to this movie. Yeah, I love to the them. integrity.
2: <laughs> I mean, first off, they're the only. They're the closest we actually come to like genuinely victimizing Max in his life. It's like he's, they give you, they give you a face of like, he's new in town and people are going to antagonize him. Now, as we say, they're very gentle. They're relatively gentle antagonists. (laughs) They also are just extremely funny. And it's like so many of the things in this movie, it's like, well, how does the bus driver like further the plot? How does like visiting the devil at his like house for the plot? They just are like really (laughs) funny bits.
0: Yeah, but those bits give me more of the witches, and Jay and I make me hang out with Max more. And that's I, true. it's not clear that's never what I want to be doing while I'm that's watching fine. this movie. I like Jay and uh,
1: I's. Counterpoint. Because yeah, we, we just get that first scene with Max, and we're like, gosh, I hate Max. And so I think it's necessary to get another scene where we just dunk on Max. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you like to see him like, yeah, I hope this guy gets his shoes stolen. <laughs> just take his shoes, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh. Love it. All right. So then we get back to his house. Uh, when we're introduced to Danny, and one, that house is amazing. Like, oh, Max, yeah. what are you complaining about? Oh my about? god, got his, like room. stairs in
0: his bedroom? Yeah, come on.
1: No one town. has so that. So cool. And he's so all, cool. This
0: is why we also don't like Max, because Max is like, I'm annoyed to live in this town, and we're like, wow, this town seems awesome, what's wrong
1: with <laughs> <The town> you? it <laughs> seems like heaven on earth, and he's like, no, L.A., dude. <laughs> oh. He's a teenager, you know, He's uh,
2: know. he's going through it. We get an incredible
0: like the I will say the sort of like sexuality of this movie is also fascinating to me in a way that I feel like you wouldn't get in this sort of. Family film today, like it's not, it's never overtly sexual, but they do very frequently reference that he's a virgin. Say virgin like twenty-seven times, all the
1: time. That's so many times. That's the one thing we really are certain about him. Yeah,
0: right. I have to imagine for a lot of little kids that might be the first time they hear this word and just like, oh, mom, dad, what's a virgin? Like that seems like the sort of thing that a movie today might be like. We'll 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 let parents have that conversation. I wonder how time, many of not... Birds and
1: the Bees talk were
2: were right. a catalyst for, or this movie was a catalyst. For. I have a clear right. memory of this movie being the reason I made my dad tell me what a virgin was, and he kind of I don't well, remember there you what, go. He, what he, he was like. He, he he did not really express it. He's like <laughs> a person who hasn't done certain, I don't know. He had to tiptoe around it. But yes, it was. I was like, what is that? How was I not right. going to say that? As you, as, you right. know, it's, it's it comes so up central. Yeah, exactly.
0: And even the scene where he comes home, Danny's like hiding in his his little like wardrobe, right. and his like way of sh- showing he has a crush on Alice is like <laughs> yes. get into bed and like hug a pillow and be like, "Ooh, Alice, it's so <laughs> like soft." You're sort of acknowledging that teenagers have a real sexuality, but you're also filtering it through like a child's perspective of Very much so. what that would be like. And I'm like, this is such a strange. <laughs> All of these choices are so strange to me. Yeah. Like, what
2: would be the dramatic beat of? max like jacking it in his room and his sister comes out of the closet except not that like pff.
0: except it's from like the 1950s yes
2: exactly to do, like a little so he's body. like hugging a pillow oh yeah
1: just hug the pillow it's, yeah i this it's also funny because this is i always forget this movie was directed by kenny ortega oh i'd never the it. mvp i always <laughs> <the> incredible <laughs> kenny it, ortega and the opening title <laughs> sequence i'm like oh right
2: i'm okay. with you brian <laughs> i was like what in the credits <laughs>
0: Oh no! See, I need to say so. I am I am in no way an aficionado of spooky season. I do think I'm sort of an aficionado of like girl culture, mm-hmm. and Kenny Ortega and Hocus Pocus is maybe the perfect midsection of that because <laughs> he also directed my beloved Newsies, which I think was formative for yeah, uh, you know, a generation, many generations. He directed the High School Musical series, formative for mm-hmm. a generation. He directed those Descendants movies that are all about the Disney villain, um, like kids. You, like, you know, Maleficent's kid and yeah. Jafar's oh, yeah. kid and whatever, which I think sort of spooky and also formative for a generation. And now he's doing this really great Netflix show called Julie and the Phantoms, which actually is sort of spooky because it's about a girl who it has a backup band that is a 90s like pop band that died and now they're ghosts. Oh. Her backup band is ghosts. It sounds really so cool. It's so charming. It's so charming. The music's great. Would highly recommend Julian the Phantoms as another intersection of spooky culture and girl culture. Wow! Oh
1: yeah! Oh yeah!
0: And Kenny Ortega, brilliance! So I had no Scott idea.
1: Wow! Yeah, that sounds yeah, rad. Super charming. So yeah, he's a he's a champ for sure, one hundred percent. And uh, I w- I also wonder too if this scene, a lot of these scenes with Max, could have been pulled off a little bit better by the original mm-hmm. casting. Of Leonardo DiCaprio as Max. Oh, well. Mm. No doubt. But he turned it down. Mm. He turned it down to do what's eating Gilbert grape. So, um.
0: Could have been a very
1: different career for him. Very That's different. Right. I'm gonna go hard, you know, very academy award winning drama yeah
2: he probably doesn't lose sleep hocus over pocus. like man i should have i shouldn't have done gilbert grape i should have done hocus pocus i hope he loses sleep i hope <laughs> yeah. he realizes what i he hope left they
0: put the him table. in hocus pocus too just,
1: oh, a, just like that a, be fun yeah that would be fun that would be fun they
0: just replace him they just <laughs> do replacement <laughs> casting
1: <laughs> um okay so then we we meet danny love danny danny's incredible all in on danny
0: whose halloween costume seems to be a witch hat A pumpkin sweater and lipstick,
1: and (laughs) lipstick too. Yeah,
0: what she is—that's that's that's what she went for that year. A witch that is dressed like a suburban mom (laughs) and wears lipstick.
2: Yeah, uh, mystery. Maybe she couldn't afford to go to the Halloween store or something.
0: Yeah, they didn't have time because her her parents are just the parents in this movie are also very. I feel like irresponsible. I know at some point Uh, they do get seduced under an actual spell, but well before that's happened, they're like, "Oh, it's our. We just moved here a week ago." Our kids are struggling to adjust should we take our young daughter trick-or-treating nah. or we'll go to a party on our own and just leave them alone
1: let's hey, leave it to Max who clearly doesn't you know <laughs> they're respecting their kids independence you
2: know they're uh, they're letting them do their own thing on Halloween it's not so it's not this new uh, 21st century like over parenting constant hovering they let them go
1: around. I marvel at many a movie like early nineteen nineties and prior and the, the level of agency kids had just running amok, 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 amok. Oh, come I.
2: I mean, I do think I mean I my parents didn't take me trick-or-treating when I was that they age. Did No, I went out by myself with my friends.
0: Oh. I guess that was a At shelter. Danny's
2: age? <laughs> uh maybe not. With, you know, with Danny's age, we probably had an adult chaperone.
0: Yeah. No, obviously Ed as a teenager, but Danny's sure. like a child. But
2: they but she has a teenager with her.
0: Yeah. A chaperone. He doesn't seem very. I wouldn't trust it, uh, Max to be my kid's babysitter. Well,
2: you know, they have rose colored glasses when they look at their own children. You know, <laughs> they, they see the <laughs> best in him as we clearly don't.
1: Yeah. They, he comes home without shoes, and the dad's like, it's probably some sort of protest. <laughs> I love that <laughs> line. Like, the underplaying of that gonna. line. That was funny. Yeah. The parents, honestly, I think are so, just from a
2: comedic actor perspective, both so funny. They have these tiny little lines. I mean, they don't have any like laugh-out-loud comic bits, but all of their little sort of like throwaway one-liners, I think, are just phenomenal. I love, I love mom as
1: Madonna being like mm-hmm. seeing her daughter going, "Uh, kind of," you think, right? <laughs> you think, right? Then <laughs> getting like really, you know, self-conscious, of, like, "Wait, yeah, yeah. I love that, <laughs> love that bit." Uh, so then we get trick-or-treating. Max takes him out. We we meet Allison by coming to that house. That house. <laughs> uh what a house too that party and someone brings up i i saw and 10 things wrong with hocus pocus a Mm. really goofy thing i read but one of them was like allison comes from a pretty prominent salem family Mm -hmm. that it's it seems like if not a plot hole it just like a maybe a thing left uh, that could have been mined is that the sanderson sisters might have recognized whatever her last name was uh you know that
0: is a very good call
1: that's a fun idea yeah, so maybe that'll come up in Hocus Pocus 2, which uh, comes out next year. Bring but
0: in the lineage. Do we- I have to say, this, the party scene where they're all dressed in, like, I don't know, like, co- they're just having like a courtly ball. That's yeah, how they, they just celebrate. They look like French yeah, it's very. Versailles.
1: Maria Antoinette Tw- Versailles. Yes. Yeah.
0: Very strange. But this scene, infamous for me for the introduction of the term Yabos, that yeah. I just feel <laughs> like was Max my dominant memory of this film for so long. Like, what a. What a phrase to introduce to the culture.
1: Yeah, it is a strangely, in many ways, a strangely horny movie. You know that, like, <laughs> yeah. we're introducing virgin. We're talking about yabos a lot. We get that scene, like the it's, line, it's, "He loves <laughs> your yabos." I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, God.
2: and then that just kind of like hangs in the air, and then they move on. Right. I'm like, right. I wasn't ready to move on. <laughs> <You need laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm traumatized by that, we'll by that line. Mind. Yeah,
0: I feel like we should all bring back yabo as a phrase, don't you think? It's time. Mm maybe <laughs> the, the nostalgia cycle has reached a point where we can
1: <laughs> we've come full circle and we can now normalize the phrase yabos, yabos into our which
0: i feel like was invented for this movie right Nobody yeah i don't even,
1: i don't think it was ever a time where yabos were we're winning on this podcast that we're spending so much time on yabos. I'm glad I'm, I had to. It, it this inevitable. is the perspective I can right.
0: bring, which is the <laughs> we <laughs> need
1: some sort of boob slang
2: etymologist to tell us the history and uh, whether or not yabos was created for this or whether there are earlier antecedents <laughs> of yabos.
1: <laughs> yeah, get a dramaturge on this, like really break down, yeah, yabos. So then they go from this house. The uh, Allison joins the crew, and they decide. <laughs> Through which I made a note about this because they're talking about the Sanderson sister house and that it's oh, it's boarded up because spooky things were happening. And Max, in a very uh, debate me energy, was like, <laughs> make a believer out of me, you know, take me there and prove it, you know?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, Max, I don't. I, why are Max's tactics working on Alice? Allison, girl, you could do better. You can do better than this.
2: He had that center part hair. At the
1: time, it was impossible to ignore.
0: Yeah, the hair is You peel the center the hair part is- hair. 90% of his appeal comes from the hair. You're so right there, Ned.
1: Could have given all his lines to Danny, and we would have, you know, loved Max that much more. Yeah. Because yeah. more Danny is always a note I have in this movie.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. She's so great. Like, genuinely very good. Yeah, There's right? moments of Thoraburge acting where I was like, I'm getting emotional. You're giving a genuinely <laughs> good performance. Well,
2: Hollywood clearly agreed with you. Yeah. Look at her career and uh, Omri Katz's career.
1: Right. <laughs> or another, uh, Who? Yeah, yeah, that's sad. So then we get to the Sanderson house. He lights the black flame candle, like mm-hmm. the like the big dingus that he is.
0: Another, I mean, come on. I know we got to get the plot started, but
1: it's just a bunch of they told hocus you not pocus. To do it. Yeah, lights it. But I do, I do appreciate that immediately he was he realized he he goofed. He let it's it, true. black flame, and he just goes, uh oh. <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah, no. I love the black I, flame candle. I love all turn. the.
2: The tiny bits, that it is not just, like, three witches come back. The amount of different tiny little bits of sort of, like, spooky lore that get put into us, the black flame candle, obviously the incredible book with an eyeball, the fact that they do get a zombie in, we have ghosts in the end, Uh, it's just...
1: The book with the eye. Yes. Oh, totally. I always think about that book.
2: Yeah, that. yeah, all the That's little so pieces cool. of lore, and I, I think I kind of like the black flame candle so much because it only functions as being the thing that they do, but they don't need to be like, why is the flame black? How? What? Like, who made the? Ca-? You know, it's like it's just another
1: piece of arcana that just gets stuck in there and is really tasty. It is. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so much, and the the visual too of the black flame flame, mm-hmm. even though it's you know. Uh, I think the special effects in this movie are actually really fun. That like yeah, they don't solid. Need a yeah. lot of. There's no CGI. We, just yet, we could like make that flame. Just put a little black on there, and I'm like, Oof, um, we're in trouble. Yeah. And then I appreciate. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Beetlejuice because I made the same note in this scene. Mm. Uh, that when the green light comes from under the floorboards and when they're coming back, I'm like, this is 100% Beetlejuice. And mm. I want to put on record that I appreciate a green underworld and not like a hellfire. Red. Mm. Oh yeah, mm. and so. Uh, more That's of that. A good
0: call. You know,
1: I think uh, I think it, it, there's no it doesn't bring religion in It's Just a spooky afterlife. Yeah, it's just much more yeah. fun.
0: Sort of like a Hercules. I feel like yes. Hercules. They make it sort of green and blue. Yeah, yes, yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, great visual for sure in this.
1: So they uh, the witches are back. They Ooh, in. they're back, baby. Oh, we're back. so
0: happy to see them.
1: I love that uh, she comes over to the book and uh, says, wake up, wake up. And mm-hmm. right away, the book wakes up. And, like, no one else tried tapping the glass before this point, you know? <laughs> she has that special bot.
0: Wake like, up, sleepyhead. <laughs> also, amazing costuming. Like, you I feel like help. they look so iconic. My understanding is they've become a big part of sort of, again, I mentioned Disney World, but like Disney World's sort of Halloween parties and theming and meet the villains like i think that they really put the sanderson sisters front and center and it's Mm -hmm. you know to this movie's credit that they have three iconic looks that look great together they all represent their distinct personalities Mm
2: -hmm. it's not just one uniform like uh like color swapped they all have their like little unique touches yes Uh, and
0: you get like sexy sexy sarah jessica parker mm -hmm. full vaudeville bette midler and then I, I couldn't even quite sum up what Kathy and Jimmy's doing, even though she is my favorite of the sisters. She's but she, hands she's
1: down the best.
0: Doing her own, like, thing, and it's hilarious every time. Everything she
1: does is either in, in contradiction to Sarah or in support yeah. of Bet. You know, that, like, yeah. I love when, when Bet is, like, making the potion at first and, and Mary comes over and goes, Oh, don't worry, I'll do this. You do that. <laughs> like, I got this part. Don't worry. Uh, just all these little sides that I feel like I miss so much. So she, so, I want to be.
2: Kathy Najimy's mouth does not naturally do that thing, right? No, that's a choice. It is an insane and amazing bit to pull off. A wonderful. Every choice. time she does this thing with her mouth, where her like lips are like like screwed over, like diagonal to one side, I kept. I just kept finding myself like trying to do it with my mouth. It's impossible. It's just one tiny little detail of an extremely great physical performance. Her hair look is amazing. It's this, like, sort of, like, weird lopsided, like, hook crown. Mm-hmm. Um, all the hair is great. I, I, I think she's really fun, but it's so hard for me to say something like she's far and away the best. Because they all are just giving, like, wonderful. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker is hysterical as the, like... Barely mentally there, but like so joyful. Um, And also, like the.
0: Another horny, as hell. Yes. Her real personality trait is that she is horny for everyone, no matter their ages, almost. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) I love that when, you know, when Billy, we're jumping around, but when Billy Butcherson comes back, it was part of the mythology of this zombie who comes back later on to hunt the kids, is that he had been Winifred's lover. And then she caught him sporting with, his sister, with her sister, Sarah, and cut out his tongue. Uh, and I love that when he comes back, Sarah Jessica Parker gives him this like, Hi, Billy. <laughs> it's like yeah. she, still has the, she still has the hots for zombie Billy Butcherson. I thought that was oh. so fun.
1: This would be a good t- time to transition to some Billy appreciation for mm-hmm. Doug Jones. Oh,
2: great
0: Doug another Jones. Another
2: legend, another underappreciated legend, Doug Jones. I agree
1: because we never get to see his face. That's why we, ought, yeah. you know. But uh,
0: more recently, I feel like I feel like Shape of Water really launched him to another level of sort of being known. Yes, in the public.
1: more in people finally yeah. had to. He's know. on that. Um, like Pan's Labyrinth, we know Trek the creatures, but maybe Pan's Labyrinth isn't like widespread st- as, spread as mm-hmm. Shape no. of Water, right? But by, yeah. by Shape of Water, at that point, there have just been so
2: many, and you know, Hellboy. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, hey. like he's a great career with Del Toro. A lot of people might be like. If you're like, remember that movie with the angels and there's the creepy ice cream man? Um, what is that movie called? Legion, maybe? With Paul Bettany? Mm. If yeah. you search Doug Jones, creepy ice cream man, you'll see the haunting, <laughs> you'll see it. The haunting <laughs> yeah, yeah. image. But yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's fantastic. This is probably the first thing I ever saw him
1: in. And it is oh, definitely sure. like, oh, for sure. Very Doug Jones. Uh, this was a fun, yeah, early, uh, you know, uh, getting into film, late high school, you know, and and the glee of finding out that the guy from Pan's Labyrinth was also Billy, you mm-hmm. know, that was like a connecting yeah, you to go. your childhood movies. That's always really fun. Yeah. He's
0: uh, one of those guys like in Andy Circus, who sort of found his very particular niche within Hollywood and Andy Serkis' is motion capture and Doug Jones is like, put me in a prosthetic, give me weird yep.
1: mm-hmm. body
0: mo- motions and I'm your guy. Yeah.
1: There is another. Uh, I don't mean to derail, stunt actor. Let's just let the conversations go where it will. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think so too. I think that's great. But there is. We bring up Andy Circus. We bring up uh, Doug Jones. Um, Javier Botet is uh, mm. infamous in the horror space, and I want to give him a shout out because he cool. is. Uh, you would probably know him from any horror movie he's a tall very skinny man that plays um, like it, you remember the movie mama um, mm-hmm. he was the motion cap that did you know he like he uh, he because he's so skinny and so tall he can fit into these really <laughs> scary Would sort he of people was wreck uh the yep Spanish, that was him in wreck yeah in as the up. shambling lady and uh mm-hmm. yeah wreck. he was in uh scary stories to tell in the dark um, oh the where's my big toe he was that oh the, that. that woman yeah and um, <sighs> it uh yeah so i mean crimson peak the the ghost you know skeleton like so he he shows up and if it, it, there's a horror movie and a tall skinny something scary thing Javier Botet is your exactly. dude.
2: Behind the scenes, so. these people, you know, they deserve their, they deserve their, their laurels. Give them shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one
1: hundred percent. I agree. So back to Cocos Pocos. We got Billy. We love Billy. Um, I love the Billy. Great the, slapstick. Just a little because so much is just nonver- it. All of nonverbal his mouth is so mm-hmm. shut, so just the, the little character choice of he gets out of the grave and turns around and sees his own tombstone and then goes, "Oh damn you know, like, all <laughs> <Yes. laughs> the tombstone all these, yeah. is like, oh, that's what's happening It's totally like like uh
2: yeah, like trained mime clown this as you say nonverbal storytelling and just this subtle little throwaway mm, like just like slump when he <laughs> confirms that he's dead <laughs> And the way he I looks. I think it helps
0: that um that Kenny Ortega is coming from like a theater background. Like I think he really gets how to play all this stuff, mm-hmm. how broadly you can push it yeah. again lead into that vaudeville type of humor. Yeah,
2: so much. We, we we talked about vaudeville. I also want to just shout out the three stooges. There's I think there's so much three totally. stooges in this movie to the extent that mm-hmm. I'm sh- I'm sure that would have been discussed all of the like slapping and hitting. I kind of forgot how often they like Hit each other and do the like Bart Simpson choking thing, which probably actually does have its (laughs) roots like much further back in, you know, early 20th century film comedy. Just like there's these amazing tableaus of like Winifred, like choking Sarah and like, uh, Mary trying to get involved. It's just, I had forgotten how broad the physical humor is. And it's, it all, it is. It just all plays really really wonderfully Mm -hmm. also every time they do something in unison when they do their little weird walk oh yes yeah 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 yeah.
0: definitely my favorite part parts of this movie are the three witches like it's like a fish out of water comedy with the three witches with them just discovering modern society that's all the parts of this movie i think are great i think on the whole like i have a lot of nostalgic affection for this movie but To be honest, I don't think it's one I'm going to be like frequently revisiting, you know, year after year. Like I, I'm happy to sort of leave it lovingly in my memory. But Mm. in terms of like a modern day viewing, it's definitely the parts where they're like, they think that the asphalt road is a a, like a, a river yeah. and they're scared to step in it. And then they're so excited when they just turn the road and-, <laughs> 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 and all the stuff with the bus driver and with the guy that's dressed up as the devil and they're so convinced that he's the, really the devil. All that stuff I
1: find Hysterical. so funny. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, and with the uh the devil bit. The devil bit is hilarious of coming like master, you know, and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> coming into the home and the master's <laughs> wife is just so unamused of the entire situation. Yeah, that was uh, it's
0: a great it's a great setup that, you know, normally fish out of water, everyone immediately recognizes that person as being the fish out of water, like George of the Jungle. He's walking around, you know, mm-hmm. in a little loincloth. He's right. obviously out of place. But in this because it's Halloween, everyone just assumes they're three women dressed up and, like, pretending to be the Sanderson sisters, so everyone treats them completely normally, and that is also a very funny way to do this kind of comedy. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah it agree. totally is. The devil one is so funny. I mean, so the bus driver is really funny. They're, like, again, extremely horny bus drivers, basically like, you get on this bus, I'll fuck all three of yous, no problem. <laughs> but then, like, the devil bit is even goofier because it's not that same simple, like, oh, he just... <laughs> I'm sorry. Just I- moved
0: past Europe. <laughs> that incredible was incredible the- impression of the bus driver. That was the energy that's in crazy?
2: Yeah. Oh, you are one hundred
0: percent correct. <laughs> I just needed a moment to process it.
1: Climb aboard, ladies. Again, another another uh, a point for horny hocus pocus. That like that's, yes, it's a subplot of like every scene. There's that element
2: with the devil when he when oh, she says, sure. "Dance with me, master." <laughs> his wife comes downstairs but but it also is like it's goofier it just feels like he just wants to vibe with them he's like come on in get your clark bars um do we know also by the way i didn't know this that that's gary marshall and penny marshall brother Mm. and sisters Oh, uh, really producer director of uh you know she she directed league of their own etc yeah in just like a great great little cameo
0: probably would have been an, an intro to gary marshall for plenty of people that's
2: true that's probably. true although i didn't realize that at the time immediately
1: recognize that you yeah
2: i know <laughs> yeah, no. but yeah that, that, that is just hysterical the way they treat the devil like he's a celebrity like they you know all night they're like they're kind of like disgusted by everything but then they're so excited they're like oh my
1: god the devil is here and they just <laughs> take it at face value for a little while that's yeah that's extremely funny also, that scene, I did notice that one of the trick or treaters I never noticed before is wearing a very Michael Myers mask. Yeah. Uh, uh, coming yep. up to, it. did you Ooh. see that? I saw that. Yeah. And I never noticed that before. And I think they probably made the hair a little crazier. Probably did a little pa- different paint to avoid any copyright. But I <laughs> saw that and I was like, "This is fun. We just did a Halloween episode." Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's our boy.
0: You can't escape Michael. There's
1: one. There's one Michael Myers and there's one Mrs. Potts. A little Disney. There's a Mrs. Potts. Mm. Yeah, a yeah, spot. yeah. I love that. Okay, so we got. At this point, they chase him into the church, or is this the, I put a spell on you, or the, not the church, the school?
0: I feel like definitely the next big thing is the is the musical
1: performance. Musical performance, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which
0: I think has got to be the most, that's like the most beloved part of this movie, right? Or is Absolutely. that just me as a Iconic. musical theater kid? <laughs> I think
2: that's probably the most beloved part of this movie, because, yeah, yeah, it's amazing that it works. It it, it, it in a way, feels like so shoehorned in to be like, well, we've got Bet. Bet's such a fun performer. Let's give her a song. And yet, it just totally works in the movie. Oh, I wonder, it's incredible. Yeah, and I
1: wonder if this was always part of the, the the plan. Like, was this why she took this, you know, role? Because this was already written in? You know, they're like, oh, I can you know, do a full show-stopping number. Great before, question. we like, this movie, so. Show-stopping is yeah, right. I don't, or if it was added because they got I don't know the chicken or Bette. the
0: egg of it, but it does feel like you're not going to put... Bette Midler in there without... Bette Midler in as a vaudeville witch and not have her do... <laughs> 100%. A huge production number. It's so good. She performs it so well. I think she'll still do this on her, like, tours sometimes. Bette Midler. I've seen photos oh, of yeah. her. Ooh. Still in costume. the past couple years. Like, in the full Winifred costume. <gasps> oh, which wow. has got to be so fun. Damn,
1: I'd love to see this live. That would be really special. It's so fun. I'd love... I can't wait for uh, them to come back. for focus, too. You know... Maybe there'll be another one, uh, which we'll talk about as soon as we get through this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some fun conversations about Hocus Pocus, too. But um, So then uh, they leave. They bewitch all of the parents. Mm-hmm.
2: That's kind of the plot driver for this musical exactly. number is to, to hypnotize all the adults. Here.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're all hypnotized now. Uh, so they can't. They're out of the picture. There we go. Plot. Neatly tied up. No more parents. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're uh, off to presumably, like, if the movie goes the Sanderson sisters
2: way, dance until they die. Which is just a really great, like, uh, sort of, like, beautiful, funny, but also disturbing, like, they shoot horses, don't they? Kind of, like, nightmare scenario for them all to be trapped in. Just great.
0: I have have to say, both growing up and on my most recent viewing, to me, like, the movie kind of ends with the musical number. (laughs) I'm like, I've gotten everything I need from Hocus Pocus. I've gotten the fish-out-of-water comedy. I've gotten the musical number. Then I think there's about 30 more minutes of plot, but I really, like... None of that really registers, or, or for me, or that I care about that deeply. Yeah, because the next say. bit is
1: we get to the school, which I think is the most forgettable part of the of this movie, mm-hmm. right? Which it it's turns like a fake out ending. Yeah, it is yeah. a fake out ending, and it really it tries to be you know more of a uh, classic horror or like a slasher sort of a cat mm-hmm. and mouse running in the school, running around. Uh, they trick them into getting into a furnace. Mm-hmm. Which the school has a walk-in furnace that you can torch yes, things. Yes, like a, kil- a you know? full kiln <laughs> <Yes>. situation. <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> Um, it's not a cage. Uh, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> uh, lighting them up. Um, and then they go outside. They're celebrating their victory. They got them. They say, Thackeray, you're one of us now. Come on.
0: Yeah, we haven't really mentioned that they have a talking cat with them. They oh, yeah. We did. Thing, this out. Which is a real. That is, a, that is another selling point for me in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like cool, calm and collected, semi-British talking cat that can't die. With a voice from me. that I
1: only associate with that cat now. Like, even at the yeah. end of the movie, when the voice is on the actual human, I'm like, Right, no. But that's the cat voice. No, that's, you're the cat. No, you're a cat.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is, that is really... I can't believe I left that out when I talked about the different, like, elements of sort of supernatural arcana that are in this. Of course, you have a talking black cat. And that's, again, something that, like, I can see just throwing, like, darts at the board, being like, okay, we're gonna make a witch movie. Like, witch movie for kids... What do we want to get in there? How about talking black cat, which goes on, I think, to be associated so closely with Sabrina, but this is before that, mm-hmm. I think. Or Kiki or Kiki? Kiki's Does Kiki's Olivia cat Olivia. talk? I've actually never seen that movie.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: Yes. I, I bet yeah, I would really like which, it. Which positive? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: there is. So in the in the well, now this is a tangent. Her cat's name is Gigi, and it you know there's. With Miyazaki, they're either subs or dubs. You can either get, you know, the subtitles, but in the American dubs, it's like Phil Hartman who
2: does the voice. So it's a lot of like <gasps>
0: Kinky, we need to oh. go make some pies, Kinky. Dang, you know,
2: I generally go subs over dubs, but I love Phil Hartman. Might be worth it so for
0: the Phil Hartman <laughs> GG That's energy, tough,
2: yeah, yeah. And I just recently watched Howl's Moving Castle. With subtitles. It was for the first time and I loved it. But then I learned that Billy Crystal does the voice of Calcifer in the American mm. Dub and I was like, oh, is I missing out on something? Maybe you gotta do yeah. it. And Christopher is yeah. is both. Yeah, I gotta do Christian both. Bale. Baby Bale. Anyway. Um there's a talking cat. Zachary Bale. And there's that's a that's cat. a huge draw. I
1: agree. It's, who
0: can't die? Who gets who run over and then die? reinflates?
2: Yes.
1: Well yeah, it's uh in the second because a yeah. more he's immortal. He gets he's a little too uh he doesn't pay attention. He like got out of a manhole yeah, in a busy street and like Thackeray. Come on, you like <laughs> you know streets by now. You've yeah. been around. You know
0: it does feel like a cat could avoid getting hit by a bus far easier than exactly. a human could, and yet Thackeray is not. You're right. Maybe his instincts are.
1: He's still that little boy anymore. in Salem. And yet you
2: know, every that, now like... and then, cats get hit by cars. So there's just the sad yeah, yeah. You're about. right.
0: I do really like the scene where it's sort of there after they've burned the witches and they're all happy and um Danny's holding Thackeray and she's like. She's like, I'll look after you, and then my children will look after you, and my children's children will look after you. It's so sweet. Yeah. so endearing. And it's also like the, the idea of having an immortal cat and all these generations looking after it is like a great pitch for a movie or a story or something Absolutely. that this movie kind of just drops in there. But I'm like, oh, I would watch that entire film. I
2: think that's what a dog's purpose is.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> because, it's
0: the, made. because the dogs <laughs> get weird.
2: reincarnated right isn't that i've never seen it
0: yeah i have seen it they go to different owners
2: though okay mm.
0: so it's not the same thing of one generation although the dog is ultimately reunited with his original owner mm. dennis quaid
2: but and he like looks in and he sees the soul of the dog
1: that he <laughs> yeah. yeah of course of course he does but,
2: but then the yeah. scene
1: when they uh when they that this really sweet scene out on the field by this big fountain mm-hmm. i learned mm-hmm. i never knew that this fountain is the same fountain from the Friends opening. Shut up! Really? and they're all dancing by the fountain because that's what Friends do. Wait, yeah.
2: wh- where is it? Is it in L.A.? Is it?
0: Mm-hmm, I think it's on a studio.
1: Okay. In L.A. Okay, I yeah. see. So I guess maybe this was a reshoot, or so, I don't know. But like that's. Mm. So I don't even know if it's true. It might true. have been a thing where they saw it on the internet. Exteriors so and um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They might have filmed some exteriors in Salem and some on
1: a studio. That, maybe. that makes sense. Yeah. But that's uh, that's where that scene was, um, and then we get to the Max.
0: Max is the Ross of the <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely uh, one hundred a little bit of a sad sack, <laughs> which has come back. We get the uh, the, the next attempt uh, or the final attempt, the the hubris moment, right? Yeah, the in the house, um, mm-hmm. and we get the amazing
2: hypnotizing the children song.
1: Yes, which is interesting because James Horner was supposed to do the music for this movie. He ended up not doing it. The oh. the role went to John Debney had the role and he had to do it in two weeks. They did the whole score to the wow. role in two weeks. Is yeah. that possible? He did it. Uh and the only but James Horner did come back and he wrote the song for Sarah's theme, which mm. the coming little children. Um so he did show up. He did get to do some James Horner juice, you know, but... I love some um, James Horner scores. I love some of that
2: James Horner juice, for sure.
1: <laughs> we all want that James <laughs> Horner juice. Yeah.
2: It's a great song. It's totally hypnotizing. Really stuck with me. And also, it's just a great thing to have in the movie. It's kind of great because it's... it's As I say, the witches do have enough kind of like badass moments to still, I think, be a little scary. At least I mm-hmm. think. And um, this is Sarah's, like, scary superpower, is that she, mm-hmm. can hypnotize she, in this really sort of, like, haunting sequence that is pretty, like, punchline-free, just sings this song that makes all of the kids, like, shamble out of beds off to their, you know, potential dooms. And that's it's cool. Zombie. Zombie kids is a haunting image, too, mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little kid in the pumpkin mask with the... Yeah, it's it's spooky. And and I, I it's also, I think, the the chapter of the movie where it kind of leans... They've already got you, so it does lean into horror a, a little, little more, more heavily. Yeah.
1: That image of, like, the nail slicing through the screen. Oh, yeah, the Bette Midler's, you know, they, they kidnap him.
2: Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a legit horror movie image. And it is followed up, it's it's a, a scene of, it's a chapter of the movie that has some dread, because, you know, you have the dramatic irony of knowing that the kids are not safe as they think they are. Yeah, And it goes from that scary image into probably the most legit jump scare of the movie, which is going to look in the bed where Danny is, and then it's actually Sarah Jessica
1: Parker, and she like, Bursts Mm. out of it. That's a great moment. Great moment. I did. It is fun. I had forgotten about that. Before we leave this house, too, I just did want to bring up another point for Horny Hocus Pocus is that they, the the Allison and Max falling asleep and waking up, they get some cuddles. They get some cuddles, and she's leaving, and he's like, "Do you have to go?" And I'm like, "I know what the scene, this movie, is trying to imply (laughs) happened (laughs) that very much didn't happen." You know, (laughs) like, what again? It's
0: again, Allison. You can do better.
1: (laughs) Well, I was going to say again.
2: Again, it's like a kid's idea of what adults are doing because like what did Max and Allison do they sleep together but they actually just sleep That's all they did the together <laughs> it's like yeah. if a kid yeah. if a kid like had heard adults saying oh they slept together it'd be like okay I guess they lay down with a blanket mm-hmm. and went to sleep and then woke yeah, up exactly. and are like oh,
1: do you have to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. horny so- movie <laughs> this whole movie and i really never realized it but i mean if your whole plot hinges on uh the catalyst is one person has to be a virgin you know we're, we're gonna bring it up yeah. Um, yeah they just keep bringing it up um so then we get back to the sanderson house got the last attempt to get the soul of the child um that is thwarted by max uh and we get uh jay and ice they're, they're in their little cages, so we, we, we get them left back. to die. Just left to die. A little harsh, I again, mean, again, you know? like...
0: I get that Max wanted some comeuppance. This felt like a little much. You like, took my you really shoes, just... I want
1: your soul to get sucked by witch.
0: Yes. <laughs> you know it's like, dude, have to them. Like, there's levels here, buddy. Like, <laughs> right. I'm not saying you could have done something to them, but yeah. this was pretty severe. <laughs> That's a
2: severe bully comeuppance uh, situation. For real. All right? they really did was take his shoes and his candy. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you must die for that. <laughs> And they did it in a really endearing way too. You know, like give him some points for making, yeah. it, putting some effort into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully Max lacks you. the
0: creativity in his, uh, punishment. maybe exactly. we'll get
1: the fate of, uh,
2: Ernie, of, of, of Jay and Ice in Hocus Pocus too. Again, let's put that on our, on our <laughs> questions for HP 2.
1: Yeah, for sure. Which we will, cause we're almost there. We're almost to the end. Uh, the, the plan is thwarted by Max. Uh, the, the Sanderson sisters again could have just like cut their losses. Like, let's leave these kids alone. Let's just pick one of the hundreds of kids that are coming right to us. And no, we're going to get these kids. So it goes out. Uh, Billy, um, uh, is a turncoat and joins their ranks. Um, and, which is fun. Which is I like
0: a good, you don't usually see a good zombie. I feel like that's
1: a rare even category. even say, good zombie. No, no, and then we even have like, the, the parallel, too, where Danny comes up and goes, hi, Billy. <laughs> you know, like, So cute. Yes. That yes. was another great hi, Thoroverge hi, moment. Yeah.
2: Anytime um, you just put a tiny little girl with an extremely
1: tall, gangly zombie and just let them do physical comedy with each other, what's not to like? Yeah. What's not to like? Bits abound. Um. They, they win by basically... Uh, a game of attrition. They wait and they make make yeah. it to the morning. Mm-hmm. The sun does its thing. Two of them make, explodes them. Bette Midler gets frozen in stone first. While singing. Then explodes. Yes. Confusing While singing rules a great note.
0: Confusing rules of how the sun affects them. That's exactly.
1: Because right. <laughs> you would think the two up in the air on the brooms would get hit by it first. You know, the sun sure. would get to them first. But I don't know.
0: And I'm just not sure about the turning to stone versus that doesn't happen sometimes.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, who knows? (laughs) Maybe because she was sucking the soul. Well, here's the thing is like,
1: she had a little bit of the soul in her
2: nowadays. (laughs) This is the thing is like, at the time, it was just like, I don't know, I think it would be cool if she turned to stone. And like, that's as far as it went. I feel like we're in an era that really needs, like, we really get obsessed with the like explanations, you know, in the very like, asgard is really just science you know uh nowadays in hp2 they'll probably be like if you suck the soul then that Mm -hmm. turns to stone (laughs) like
0: there'll be a full prequel movie just explaining the
1: stone that's right
0: (laughs) turning mechanic we really don't
1: need it i'm fascinated to see how they're going to come back into how they're going to explain that away right but i mean i i just looking at this movie all the ways that they've come back like they Mm -hmm. were hung and buried and then came back they were burned true came back true Literally exploded, came back like so. Um, you just can't be rid of them, you can't be rid of them. Thankfully, we can't, yeah. So, then this is the end of the movie. Thackeray Banks turns back Gets into a turn. ghost. Boy, I like that scene, goes back again. To- another
0: great Thora Birch acting moment, Emily, her sadness. Thackeray Banks, <laughs> Thackeray Banks,
2: you. When was Casper? Because we didn't talk about that with our 90s Gateway Horror, but that's kind of feels mm. of a piece with this.
1: Yeah, and it, y'all it's seen in conversation movie? a bit. Yeah.
2: I, I saw Casper the Casper movie a ton of times. Yeah. And it's got a Never similar.
0: Really was not, I I missed it. Oh,
2: I, I I guess I just had it on VHS. You know, it's like what VHSs you happen to have. Like, that's just getting watched over and over again. Uh, I wonder how that movie's age, but it definitely has a very similar, like, swelling symphonic music, ghost oh, emotions amazing. bit. Mm. Wonderful movie.
1: I stay in Casper any day.
2: Yeah. Uh, that house. It's great so it feels yeah. feels uh yeah feels kind of of a piece Simbler. with this with this ending with the like beautiful sunrise and then like walking
1: through the gates into the into the mists and saying to uh, little danny i'll always be with you Gives a little kiss so sweet, and then walks away um, do you think they're gonna
0: bring uh thackeray banks back for the sequel
1: i have to right like which, which is interesting great too question. with the voice Cause in the credits, the end credits, they're like voice of Thackeray Banks. So I'm like, it was that kid, not even the voice. That oh. is
2: oh. true. So the guy who you see is not doing the voice. The guy who does the voice is Jason Marsden, who plays to me the more iconic Max, which is Max Goof in a goofy movie, but I think oh. is mostly just a voice actor. And he was cast mainly like, I think they basically cast like who will do the voice of our talking cat. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, they cast some Adam other goes, actor Thackery to Binks. be the, the live action Thackeray Binks, but I think it's not his voice that you hear.
1: I think he's overdubbed. Which adds some, you know, the fuel to the flame or that like, or support that me seeing him talk at the end of that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't like, feel quite that's right. That's not right. That's not. That's not also Casper
0: was 1995. So two years, two years after, after this. this. Okay. So it's possible that they got in their inspiration from the romantic ghost boy of Hocus
2: Pocus. Quite possibly. Really, really, quite possibly. Because it does just so kind of feel is- like that, like, what if you had a crush on Thackeray Banks? is kind of like what Casper explores.
0: Wow. Literally the question of my childhood.
1: <laughs> what Which if I love did? that they went that direction. Like, yeah. let's let's make this, you know, animated ghost uh, Saturday morning cartoon and let's turn it into, what if I had a crush on him? You know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's yeah. the story we want.
2: Those I love it. Clearly were the stories that we wanted.
1: And I love it. I think it's great. So that's hocus pocus. We've went through the whole movie. Got our hot th- takes, our thoughts. Um, I think it's it's. I think it's still fun. I think it's endearing. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because uh, Freeform will show this every five minutes <laughs> for the next couple months. So
0: and if you, you don't have that, Disney Plus will put it on your home screen every time your you home open up. Screen.
1: So platform. you can't avoid it. And I think that's okay. So that and the. Uh, the success of this one which was really later on this movie came out on july it was a july release when it can we talk about out. that what? Yeah, a strange. july
0: release see this is the same philosophy that was motivating me to not let my sister rent this movie <laughs> not around <laughs> halloween somebody in hollywood needed to realize oh yeah people aren't going to want to go see a halloween themed movie in july not everyone I mean, I lives
2: would, on but... brian Muldoon
1: time <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess so. You were the no, only, you were the audience for this, right? exactly,
1: exactly. But it is strange, right? I mean, this is a very Halloween film. Like, I, I don't know, maybe the the studio. This is where it fit in their 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 section. But uh, it was released the same day as Free Willy. Tough, mm. tough, tough. Free tough Willy is is obviously the summer go to. You know, you know. Yes,
0: it's like oh, you have a cat best friend. Well, I have a whale best it friend. Jumps. <laughs>
1: With a uh, really rad Michael Jackson. Do-do-do-do. Yeah, got that song. song. <gasps> uh, I'll be your friend. Okay, so uh, this movie grossed $8.1 million. It was not critically or box office. Oh, wow. Uh, That's success. Nothing. It lost uh, an estimated around was it, $16 million? And And uh, Rotten Tomatoes is not very happy with it. It's got a pretty dismal what is it 40 30 something? I can't remember. I just had it pulled up. Anyway, it's not it's under 50, so it's rotten. And but it's by placing it on TV year after 39% year, 39% sorry, is what
0: it has on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. It's worse
1: than I thought. Yeah, awful, right? So it was put on TV year, you know, on uh, ABC Family's 13 Days of Halloween. It would play this thing on um, nonstop, just like a Christmas story. I wonder I, I want to do an it's a little in, Research into a Christmas story and seeing if this was the same trajectory of success Mm -hmm. or was a Christmas story instantly like, this is it, this is the movie. But anyway, the success later on of the nostalgia and people coming back have really embraced it and it has led to Disney Plus exclusive Hocus Pocus 2 coming out next year. And it's even got, I didn't even realize it has a subtitle on David Kirshner, who is the producer of mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus. Um, it's on his IMDb filmography coming out next year called Hocus Pocus 2 Rise of the Elder Witch. Ooh, wow. so, the
0: Elder Witch. So. so do you think that they're adding a fourth witch or is Bette know. Miller now the Elder they Witch? They do talk and about their some-
2: mom. Contention. A Ooh, they keep bringing mentioning their mom. Maybe they should get shared. Who would we want? Who
0: would we want? Oh my god, a Mamma Mia two <laughs> situation. <laughs> <Exactly>. Little girl,
2: <laughs> get share. Yeah, who else? I would
0: love that. Directed by Anne Fletcher of one of my favorites, Twenty Seven Dresses. She did the Step Up movies. Um, I think she did the Proposal, sort of a rom com slash dance director, which honestly is not that dissimilar to Kenny Ortega. So maybe mm-hmm. she's going to be no. bringing the same you know, love of a vaudeville. I hope so.
1: Hopefully. I hope so. And I I like that David Kirshner is coming back to executive produce as well. You know, that there's still going to have that spooky vibe. Hopefully he's also known he did. He was a producer in all the child's play movies um, in addition Mm -hmm. to doing this. So hopefully bring that spookiness. Uh, But I guess the big question I want to end on too, is Hocus Pocus two. What would you guys want from a Hocus Pocus two? We're getting it. So it's not a question of, do you want it? It's we're getting it. (laughs) So,
0: what a good question. Okay, well, now I'm really big on this mom idea that we all just sort of collectively pitch mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea. Maybe, okay, so since we're, what we're saying is we like the witches the most, maybe what we actually need is, you know, we'll bring back, here's, okay, here's what I say. I, t- I talk myself into something now. I think we sort of pivot a little bit. To make the Sanderson sisters more heroic, Mm because that's what we actually want. So I think you bring in another trio of like actual evil witches, and the Sanderson sisters has to like team up with the city of Salem, Mm -hmm. do like a Loki style. I was gonna say like Loki. Yes, (laughs) Yes. we want a Loki arc for the Sanderson sisters. So bring in, bring in like an amazing another trio of women to be the actual evil witches Mm -hmm. and then make the Sanderson sisters our heroes.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a must that it has to take place in Salem again. I think that there's, there's no question. Um, I think that you're going to be starting the movie with two strikes if you take it anywhere but Salem um, for me, but yeah, an elder, I'm I'm really curious about this elder witch bit. Maybe there's going to be some. Um, which could be cool seeing some – because B- Bette Midler very much is the leader of these three. And so having mm-hmm. a higher ranking witch commanding mm-hmm. over them would be some very fun uh, Bette Midler versus some Our higher dynamics. Exactly. So it um, could be fun. I
2: want a musical number. That kind of goes without saying. Yep. Yeah. And I think to get a little bit more specific, I want it to be some sort of like dueling banjos. Uh like Ooh, yes. or like, you know, the Freddie Mercury that like call and response. Something where where Bet Midler and her enemy witch have to like try to like out sing each other.
0: Heck I'm yeah. thinking maybe That'd be
2: really fun. Jennifer Hudson?
0: Oh. Could be great. Yeah. But then at the end it ha- if that if that's the duo in their song, I think by the end they have to like team up and be singing together. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. There has to be so. – there's got to be an arc in that. that, in that yeah, anxiety. in that
2: performance number. Uh, yeah. I think I vote bring back Max, Danny, and Vanessa. Or uh, Allison. Vanessa's the actor. Allison. Um, yeah. Bring back the trio. I think I might have the the most charitable view of Max of the three of us, probably because as a kid I just kind of thought he was cool. Because he, you
0: were a virgin that lit a black <laughs> <line laughs> As a kid, I too so you was you like, a virgin, I too was yeah, a
2: virgin yeah. and I also <laughs> no. But I think I just, I just thought that um, the the floppy haired, center parted '90s protagonists were were cool.
0: It is sweet that he ultimately like sacrifices himself for Danny, or is going to make that move. I respected his arc a little more by sure. the end when he proved mm-hmm. to be a little more selfless.
2: So I don't think you want those three to be the protagonists. Maybe Danny's kids. Can Thora Birch have kids yet? How old is she? Yeah, I
0: think you have. I think you have Allison and Max's kids. Oh, that makes sense. But Allison and Max are like on vacation, and Danny's like the cool aunt yes. who's looking
1: them. that. Very Sounds much cool. Halloween Town, uh, spooky yes. drama yes. vibe. Yeah, yeah, I want be great
2: cameos for them too and more of a supporting role for uh for thor birch um but new yes. kids and-
1: yeah i like the idea of having danny being a uh, heralding back of the st- like a or like a keeper of the story you know figure um that passes it down to a new kids mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i don't think you need max and allison as much i think danny is primed ready teed up to be the perfect hype man for this woman for the, the sanderson sisters
0: yeah and she should wear the exact same the exact Halloween she has been wearing it ever considering since. it is sort of something that a middle-aged mom would wear <laughs> <That's right. laughs> she should have a little <laughs> shop or middle age but you know like i feel like that that costume will age w- well with her yeah
2: and i think just give me like a little bit more just like keep sort of gently don't don't blow it out of proportion but keep sort of gently exploring like the other Aspects of classic Halloween spooky imagery. Like maybe give me, yeah. a, give me, uh, maybe some, a gang of skeletons or, uh, yeah, yeah, mm. really lean into
1: more. Give me, a, give me a wolf skeletons man, maybe or something. A werewolf you know? would be cool. Yeah. Maybe would, a vampire somewhere. Uh huh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, just play ooh, around.
0: Ooh, you know what I want? I want a girl zombie that Billy falls in love with. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. So he's been oh, misused romantically. Man, he can have a wholesome
1: Billie. zombie romance. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Or
0: a boy, or a boy zombie. It can be a gay zombie sure. relationship. I want, I want Billy to have a happy romantic relationship. Yeah.
1: I have an idea. Please. I would like I would like to keep pushing this idea of good witch versus bad witch, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would love Danny at a very young and impressionable age, mm. being subjected to re- this knowledge that magic is real, you know, and her growing up with a very magic positive sort of. take, yeah. And it would be kind of fun if she inadvertently maybe in a way to try to commune with Thackeray. Like, a, I just want to say hi. See Ooh. how you doing. Accidentally opens up the spirit realm and the Sanderson sisters come back in. Ah. You know, that. Yes. be
0: kind of fun, right? Yeah. And that's a good way to bring uh, Thackeray back as well. Yeah, I think the so. one that's calling back to him. Yeah. Love that idea, Brian. He could so. even be
2: like a, a non-corporeal spirit cat. Kind of like a twist on Thackeray.
0: Ooh. You know, just like yeah. bring it back
2: like, you know, Thackeray 2.0, a little bit different. Thackeray 2.0. Maybe he could, have, he could have new powers. He could like fly and stuff. He could
0: have kittens.
1: Yeah, he
2: could have kittens. He could, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's weird because he is a human.
1: <laughs> He's not actually a cat. He just lives. But at this point, yeah, he was in in his time on earth, he was cat more than he was human, much more. Oh, I mean, by By a factor of like 100, he lived for 300 years as a cat. At the end of the day, I think Thackeray is cat first, you know.
2: Yeah, Yeah, but what wouldn't it cause him some sort of weird horror to have kittens? (laughs) (laughs) Would you (laughs) think? (laughs) Probably, (laughs) whatever. Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to, yuck your yum, I don't want to shoot down your idea because you know can
0: explore the horror of it and a little yeah, bit of
2: could. uh yeah, we we've said okay what if thackeray
0: thackeray you know. comes back and his little sister emily because they're both ghosts she can come back as a kitten and then no one had to have birthed the kitten but there will still be a kitten present mm. would that be acceptable ned was that <laughs> will that <laughs> you offend your delicate that. sensibilities?
2: okay
1: caroline <laughs> kittens uh yeah no that that works for me it's gonna be a tough line to balance, though, with continuity with the ghosts, right? Because Emily stayed the same age the whole time. That like True. you can't have older, so you'd have to recast. you do full on. yeah. You got to recast.
0: You got to get like a uh, that let that kid from a uh, the High School Musical TV show that Olivia Rodrigo wrote that That's song. To say not Josh Bassett. Is, is,
2: is it? No, I don't want any- yes, Josh I don't Bass want anything it. good yes. for him yeah. because he did oh. Olivia Rodrigo dirty. <laughs> nothing good for him
0: okay one of the other kids from the high this is my only frame of reference for like what who's young kids <laughs> stars are today get one of the stars from high school musical the musical the series to play to be recast thackeray
1: mm-hmm. it's probably gonna happen too because it's disney you know
0: yes oh, yes or, like, or be the kids in, we can oh we could get a lovely rodrigo as um you know one of the kid, one of the main kids that they're we're following
2: yeah, you know that'd be great i said i wanted a musical number but i would not be opposed to mm. Many musical numbers. Oh Many. my God!
0: And Olivia Rodrigo, Bet Midler duet.
2: Oh my God.
1: God! Oh wow! Who? Here we go. <laughs> Disney likes to make money. Don't now we're they? talking.
0: <laughs> what if the musical number is just Bet Midler singing "Driver's License"? <laughs> That's okay, <thing. laughs> Interesting, you know. That's the big hocus pocus. Is this two musical number? Yeah.
2: I mean, in this brainstorming
1: session, what I really want to communicate is
2: no—no ideas are not worthwhile. Everything uh, is—it's all. Everything's on the table.
1: It's all going to be good. I think you just—we got the the three sisters are already coming back, so we got that's locked in. I think it's got to be at Salem. I think there's—I think you'd be a miss by ditching the horny angle. I'm just saying, you know that. True. (laughs) Find a way. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it just to see what it's going to be. And I guess do we have any final thoughts on? This hocus pocus? Well,
2: one thing that I was going to say when you talked about the the rotten tomatoes sort of disparity, that I think it's just another example. I think Shrek has this as well. I, I was thinking of this when there that an essay kind of recently came out from someone with no sense of humor saying it's been twenty years, we just need to let Shrek die. It's not funny. And I also was doing some goof from Spaceballs or Robin Hood Men in Tights and remembering how those movies were kind of appraised by adults at the time as being like, you know what? Mel Brooks has lost it. These aren't funny. And all that's happening is those of us who were like eight through 13 at the time, the, the, these movies the target audience, for the them target audience is coming of age. And we're like, you know what? We're rewriting the narrative. Actually, these movies are all great.
1: These were and, great. Yeah.
2: And as, as you said, Caroline, I don't think Hocus Pocus is a perfect movie, but I think there's so much fun of having just those three comic actresses just like completely let out of the box to go buck wild with their Absolutely. goofiest impulses that is just extremely fun and uh yeah it was very fun to revisit
0: i do i do think yeah. ned you need to keep this energy though if we end up in in 20 years from now having like you know the return of boss baby and there's a whole generation of people who are like oh my god boss, the boss baby is coming back you it. need to have this energy of like Yes, we are so happy for you that your love. I mean, your childhood love is coming. This is my
2: this is my great question of whether I will age into someone. You know, as a young person, I have such a clear perspective on how people just. You know, like you know, like a, a baby boomer generation has you know gone from being the like peace, love, rebellion. Uh, generation into being like, you know what, all this protesting seems a little excessive to me. You know, my great question of my life is will I be able to age into someone who still has that perspective or will it just happen to me as it seems to happen to everyone? And I'll be like, no, 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 no. Hocus Pocus was good, but Boss Baby is just bad and the kids are stupid. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Well, we should have uh, um, this time next year on Hocus Pocus 2 maybe just have a like a check-in and seeing if any of our predictions were right or any of our hopes i hope so i hope so and then uh what we think about the sequel because that'd be fun um before we go thank you both for coming Uh, this was really this was really such a fun time uh where can our listeners find you guys on your podcast
0: yeah, you can listen to us. We're called Role Calling. Ned, I when we were pitching ideas, it didn't quite occur to me that we picked a word that can be spelled two different ways, and that would therefore lead us
2: to- Constantly having to. Constantly
0: be explaining. But we are role, R-O-L-E, as in a role an actor would play. Role Calling, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Caroline C. And
2: I'm at Ned, 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 Ned.
0: Ned, Ned perfect Nadine. yes and Fournas. we're at role calling on twitter for our podcast but we do i guess we should say what it is we mm-hmm. do we pick an actor that we love so far we've done christian bale emily blunt dev patel we just finished jamie lee curtis and we're just starting a james dean series and we go through um five of our favorite films from their f- filmography we had brian on for our our halloween 2018 mm-hmm. episode which was so much fun to do and so yeah we're we can really hop around th- from genres, we've done American Psycho, we've done, I don't know if The Green Knight is exactly a horror movie, but it has some spooky elements. Um, but then we also do, you know, plenty of other genres as well.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love listening to it. I'm, I'm catching up on the backlog. its a, I love you guys' perspective coming into things. And it's cool. It's even, it's just fun retrospective on all these actors, too. You know, seeing, like, I was listening to the Deb Patel episode on The Green Knight, and it is fascinating to see that after... I mean, it really got me thinking. Like after *Slumdog Millionaire*, like what? Mm-hmm. Why wasn't he immediately, you know, like this A star? It's, yeah. So it's fascinating. So big fan of the podcast. If you guys, uh, any movie buff listeners out there, along with just like me, uh, take a listen to this podcast. It's a lot of fun. And thank you both for coming on. Thank you. Uh, this was great. This I love love talking about Hocus Pocus or anything spooky. And uh, wish you guys a good spooky season. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, right back. Great at you. spooky season to you as well, Brian. Thank you. It's been super fun being on here. All right, well, we'll catch you all next time. Bye! Bye!